about six years ago, um, I had this really cool experience where I met this um, woman, this woman named Mary uh, called, called me and she, she uh, said she wanted to meet. And I said, okay, like, you know, we can schedule something. And she's like, I'm on my way. And I was like, that'll work too, I guess. And so she walked in and we sat down and um, she basically says, I want to know how to get saved. And uh, so I spent about 30 minutes with her just sharing kind of what I was talking about earlier from 1 Corinthians 15. I, I, I love 1 Corinthians 15. The first, like, six, seven verses does a really good job of, of just centering, like, what is the primary central message of the gospel? And so Paul talks about, about a couple things, about the death of Jesus for our sins. talks about how he was buried, raised from the grave. And that there were people who witnessed it, over 500 people. And I want to add this, too. Like, one of the things about Christianity is that I hope you don't buy into this idea that we have this thing called blind faith. Um, we don't. Christianity is built upon a set of historical events that are, I think, the most reasonable explanation for why there was an empty tomb. Meaning that you're not just stupid if you're a Christian. I know some, like, media sources like try to give this vibe that we don't have viable option or viable ideas or supporting evidence for the things that we believe. That's not true, okay? So we spent time talking about that. And at the end of it, she says, I, I say to her, I said, do you, do you want to, you know, follow Jesus? And she's like, yes. And so I, I lead her uh, to prayer. We prayed a little bit. And, I mean, this is very weird. This is the funny part is that even though I've been pastoring for 25 years, I think this may be the first time someone just walked up to me and said, I want to get saved. So I was kind of like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, what's the answer? I was like trying to remember, what was that seminary class again? So it was really a cool experience. And so what happens is, is Mary, you know, like at the end of this conversation, this is actually, this is actually the funny part, because at the end of it, I was like, well, okay. And I was kind of like, can you leave now? I've got to get this taco. All right. And uh, she's like, well, do I, should I do anything now? Can I come to your church? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you should, you should come. to. Yeah, that's a good idea. So she came. I know. I, I, was, I was hungry. All right. So she comes, and she gets plugged in. And it was within, within like a couple weeks she was serving in different things. And then this may have been one of the coolest things ever when Mary got baptized. And Mary was a part of our church for a number of years before she passed away. But what I saw is that she experienced so much different transformative things over the course of her time in our community. But not only did she experience a lot of transformative things, we were touched and changed by her too. Right? And it was this really, really cool thing. And I, I love I love stories like this. I love stories about people being transformed by Jesus. And they're just so amazing and it's partly because they're a direct fulfillment of our mission we always say here at the vineyard that we exist for one reason we want to know jesus and we want to make jesus known that's our mission that's our primary motivation for the things that we do here in fact we try to think about every event every every ministry of our church is it going to help us accomplish our our mission does it help us know jesus more and does it help us help other people know and so Mary experienced all these different things like healing. She experienced 
love. She experienced this radical welcome. She had hope. She started bringing uh, family members to church. Her, her grandson in particular was, was helping out in different ways. And I just, I loved it because this is really what we want our church to be. This is part of who we are. Um, and so this morning, I want to read a passage of scripture and then talk a little bit about this. So we're going to read from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And this is what Paul, Paul writes. He says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So Holy Spirit, um, we pray that you would would encourage us this morning as we think about how this passage of Scripture applies to each one of our lives. We pray that you would help illuminate the things that need to be illuminated, that you would bring, Lord, to mind the things that need to be brought to mind this morning, and that you would help us to live this out in a way that is faithful to Jesus and his kingdom. We pray this in your name. Amen. So we're starting uh, this new sermon series today. I'm really excited about it. Uh, when I, um, I had first started pastoring, I was 26 years old, and I started pastoring at this church in Wisconsin. And uh, as many of you know, I like I like sandals. Flip flops are amazing. Okay, and I'm kind of like lately I've been struggling. I can't wear them as much because of the cold weather, and I've become a Californian because I've acclimated. And if it's under 60 degrees, I'm freezing cold all the time. And I look back at the the me who lived uh, in Wisconsin for 12 or 15 years, and I'm like, what happened? Right. And, uh, but I haven't been able to wear sandals as much, and, and, but I pretty much wear them. If, if it's not cold, it's not rainy, um, I wear them all the time now. And in Wisconsin, I wore them all the time. Like, I was acclimated to the winters there, so I'd wear it in the wintertime. Just, it's just, I didn't need my toes, right? And, uh, but it was in the summer, uh, actually it was in the spring, and I, I jumped in my SUV. We had this, this Ford Explorer. Jumped in it, and I, we, we lived in this place that had this really long driveway to get the mail. You had to actually drive or walk for about 20 minutes. Guess what I did all the time? No, walk. Do I look like the kind of person that walks? Okay, moving on. Moving on. So it was not in the snow, but it was a little bit of muddy, okay? So I was driving down my driveway, and I don't even think my wife knows this story. It's really embarrassing. Uh, I, I drove, and my sandal, I don't know if you know this, but there are problems with wearing sandals because they'll get stuck sometimes on the, the pedals, all right? Well, that happened right when I was about to slow down, and so I just kept going right into this ditch, okay? And my and I, my SCD's like full on, and I'm just like, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't, I was trying to figure out a way to get my, my car out of this ditch without having to let anybody know what just happened, right? And so finally I called this friend. I'm like, hey, this deer, this deer came out of nowhere, and I, it just, I was worried about hitting it, and, and I didn't tell the truth. Yeah, 
So he shows up. And he his first chain, he, he hooked this chain up to my truck and or to my SUV, and he starts pulling it, and the chain just blows up, like just shatters. Every, there's paint everywhere. And I'm like, okay, that one's not going to work. We got a second um, tow rope and that had been, like, tied together a few times, so not the strongest thing. So we try that, breaks the tow rope, and then finally he pulls out, like, the real chain that we should have started with, and it just easily, easily pulls it out. And, and it's interesting because you can think about chains. If you've ever – any of you ever had anything like this happen? No, of course not because none of you would be that dumb to admit it. Okay. Uh, but if you know anything about chains, the strength of the chain does matter, doesn't it? Like it does, it does matter. The links in the chain have to be strong to, to accomplish things like that. And we're starting this new sermon series today. We're going to be talking about a number of subjects over the course of the next few weeks. Um, we want to talk a little bit about the various ways that, that people connect to Jesus in our church community different links, so to speak, that exist in our chain. And we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. We're going to be talking about how our personalities and the way that God wired us fits into things. Um, we're just going to spend some time talking about how, how you can fit better in our church community and how you can actually join Jesus in his mission of helping people experience this life. And so it's interesting here in this passage that we just read from Romans, where Paul is essentially talking about different gifts for certain things. And he, he, just, he just gives us a few ideas of what the gifts um, that he mentions here. This is not an exhaustive list. In fact, there's about six different passages of Scripture in the New Testament where there's lists of spiritual gifts. And I don't even think all of those passages are exhaustive. I think they're more ad hoc lists where Paul or Peter are just naming different gifts that come to mind. And, and I, I think that because of the way that I understand the Bible describing the work and activity of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And so it's interesting. There's a number of different spiritual gifts that are listed in this passage. But there's a couple things that we can take away from this passage that we just read. And, and the first one is this. Everyone spiritual gifts. Everyone has spiritual gifts. And I think that's important to say because I know many people, in fact, in 25 years of pastoring, the most common thing that I've heard from people in churches is, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know how I fit in the church. And my wife and I, we both spend, I mean, we have drank literally hundreds of gallons of coffee with people talking about that very question, like, where, where do I fit? And so Paul here in Romans 12 makes it absolutely clear that everybody, God has given us different gifts, all of us. It doesn't say just some of us, he's given all of us. We also see that there's a diversity of spiritual gifts in the church. There's a diversity. And this is what I love about, about this topic is that, some of us in this room have spiritual gifts that are very much orientated toward perhaps standing on a stage and praying or, or speaking or teaching. Or, I mean, can we just for a moment recognize that Terry Rapley obviously clearly has a gift of teaching, right? It's, it's so obvious, right? And it's like, yeah. You know, she's like, do you think I can ever talk to you? 
uh, no, because you're going to take my job. I don't like this, all right? Um, he does. But some people are like, yeah, I'm not really, that's not really my gifting. I, I stand in front of people and I, my brain goes to muck and I can't put a coherent sentence together and it's not their thing. But you know what they really do like? Is they like meeting with people um, and, and helping out kids and they might want to work with a kids ministry or, or make coffee and, and connect with people that way. I mean, there's a lot of different things. We have greeters here. This morning we had Chris and Shannon at the door and I don't know if you noticed when you walked in, their smiling, bubbling personalities are there to welcome you. Right? And, and that helps give, uh, give people the feeling of being welcome. And so Paul here is saying that everyone has spiritual gifts there's a diversity of spiritual gifts in the church. And then he also is, is telling us that spiritual gifts help us ultimately serve others. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 that spiritual gifts are given to build up the church. To build up the church. And then if we really look at what Paul is saying here, have you notice how he says things like this? He says if you uh, have the ability to prophesy, which is to hear from God and share a spontaneous revelation. If he, said, he says, if you have that, do it. He also says, if you have the gift of serving, do it. If you teach, yeah, this is good. He also says, if you give, if you have the gift of giving, yeah, yeah, right? I mean, he's, he's laying it on here. He's saying, listen, get in the game, right? He's saying, you have gifts. You have different things that God has put in you. He's wired you in a specific way to help build up the church. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? So I think this last thing is use your gifts. Just do it. It seems really, really clear that that's a priority for Paul. And I want to mention this really quickly. We have a, we have a spiritual gifts workshop coming up this coming Saturday. So if you're here this morning and you're like, hey, I would like to learn more about hearing from God, because I think that this is one of the most important subjects that we can grow in, is learning to distinguish, discern the voice of God. If you want to learn more about that or you want to learn more about praying for healing, I would love to encourage you to join us this coming Saturday at 9 in the morning until 12. It's absolutely free. You're free to show up. But what I think we have happening here is that Paul is essentially saying that you, if you're called to be a part of our church family, if you have a sense of, like, this is your home, if that's true, then you have a part to play in the vineyard. God has given you spiritual gifts, and that you matter in playing your part, actually serving in the church community, matters. It matters immensely. One of my favorite New Testament scholars, a, a, a professor, is friend of mine before he passed away, unfortunately, Grant Osborne had this really interesting thing to say on this. He said, when our thinking has truly been transformed and renewed by the Spirit, it is impossible to have an exaggerated view of our own work. Instead, we will humbly use all our gifts and strengths to minister to each other. In other words, when we start to actually have a vision for the kingdom in the way that the Spirit is wanting us to, when we start to see the importance and value that we have in, in, in serving, right? Not in lording ourselves over people, but actually to begin serving and helping other people because that's the way of the kingdom. That's the way of the kingdom. 
This is not just something that that Paul writes. I mean, Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter 4. Listen to this really quickly. Listen to how similar it is to what Paul says. Peter says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking and speak it when God himself is speaking through you? Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Again, we see this the same similar emphasis what Paul wrote in Romans 12. And that's what's fascinating. Peter says the exact same thing. He lays it out that everyone has a gift, right? Everyone does. There's diversity of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts help us ultimately serve others and that we should use them. Your willingness to serve and take risks using your spiritual gifts both brings glory to God but then also helps other people connect to Jesus. And that's what I want to spend You know, um, what's fascinating about that story about marriage is, you know, like, if you just knew that, it's like, wow, Ruth, Pastor Ruth, had a phone call, did the ministry, boom, so good. But what, what is in the background of this, what I got to know Mary last time, is this, Mary had uh, connected with our, our church's former pastor, Pastor Peter Barnett. And, and he had made a pretty big impact in her life. And she had heard about Jesus from Steve, and that was probably 25, 30 years before this. She had heard these stories, and she knew a little bit about the gospel, and she knew from those stories that she had something she needed from Jesus. Okay? She had received him. And then she's friends with this crazy guy named Terry Floyd. Okay? He's back there, and Peter Floyd ready to die. Mary shows up on Sunday, and she comes every single Sunday. She came to, I think, our earliest Christmas Easter, where we were, and talked to Jesus, and all these different people are, are, are playing their part. She starts serving. So she, the team that she decided, that she was like, I am not ever BPPD going on to church. Okay? I just remember BPPD was like, duly noted. And uh, she said, but I will. I will come, and I'll work the and I'll flip on those slides so that we can all see my Christmas Fairy Tale Christmas so, so she did that. And, and then she started helping out uh, in other areas, too. In fact, one thing that she did just in a little while is she organized a small group Bible study. And she brought her friends to it, the people that she knew. And we would sit in, in this office and just talk about Jesus. And so what we see right there is these, these different roles that people are playing, these different, are you, are you talking the links in the ministry chain that all lead up to this? And, and I think we have to really understand that a bit, because I'm, I'm, we live in a society and in a culture that unfortunately a lot of the focus is on the stage, and we think that that's where the good stuff happens. And I want to tell you this right now, the good stuff that happens in our church is almost always behind the scenes. 
No one ever hears about the stories of people who come in during the week to clean our bathrooms. Clean our bathrooms and make sure there's toilet paper in, in there and that there's towels and soap. I mean, after 2020, we found out that people should wash their hands, right? I mean, there, we need soap now, right? Those things go unnoticed, but did you know that in most polls about why people go to church, one of the top three things is that they have clean bathrooms? Think about that for a minute, because I know if I went to a church and the bathroom was dirty, I would leave right there on the spot. I would. I'd be like, that's disgusting. I don't want to know what the kids' ministry looks like. Right? But these are all leaks. They're all leaks and pain and inappropriate. And so I have this really quick story I want to end with. I met this guy um, a number of years ago. And, and when he, he showed up, and some of you may have heard this story, but this guy shows up and he's like, he's sitting at this table in our, our church's foyer. And I walk over and I says, hey, how you doing? And says hi, and, and he says, I'm just here for the coffee, I'm not a Christian. And I, I was, in my mind, I'm like, that's a really awkward way to start a conversation in a church with a pastor. Right? I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, no worries. And he's drinking his coffee, and he says, yeah, so-and-so invited me, and they gave me this little card, and we had this little invite card. You have some last day, but it had this little invite card that said something like, you know, have a cup of coffee on us. But he said, I, I can't. He's like, but I want you to know, I'm not a Christian. It was like, okay. And so every Sunday, for like weeks, he'd be, he'd be back there. And uh, and so I think it had been like three or four months of him coming. Um, he like, after service, he, he tracked me down. He's like, hey, uh, I need to meet with you next Sunday. I'm like, all right. He's like, something is like, okay, <laughs> awkward, and so we meet up, and he says, so I think I might be getting married. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, like, what makes you think that? And he says, well, I believe that Jesus was real. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he, he was raised from the dead. Um, so I think I'm a Christian. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you, that's it. That's a Christian. Like that, if there's anything that Christians believe, it's those things. And, and then uh, over the course of some, some conversations, what I found out from him, you want to know what it was that got me into like really being open and frank with Jesus? It was a number of things. Number one, it was the coffee. That's what got him in the door. Isn't that crazy? Like we're, I mean, there's churches out there like having debates about whether or not to have coffee. I just laugh. I'm like, ah! The coffee got him in the door. And then after a few weeks of, of just watching, he, he liked the band. He's like, he didn't even know what we were doing. He, he's the one who introduced me to the idea of Christian karaoke. He's like, yeah, you guys do that Christian karaoke thing. I was like, oh, that's interesting. A non-church person looks at all us weirdos looking at a screen singing songs, and that's their perception. I was like, that's great. So, I was, it, it's a fair point. Can we all agree it's a fair point? Okay. So, yeah, so he's like, I started to really appreciate that. So what that means is that he appreciated the musician. Everyone was a musician. He appreciated the person flipping the lyrics for our Christian karaoke. Right? He appreciated the sound person. 
And then he started bringing, over time, he started bringing, I think it was his nieces and his nephews and kids, and he would like let them go to church because he, he wanted them to experience some type of church stuff. And so the kids' ministry made a huge impact in the town too. And again, at the end of this, this place where he comes to make a decision to follow Jesus, we can see every single one of those moments in the plane of how everybody played a part in helping this person turn out to be And that's the goal of being here. That's our goal. I mean, when I think about our church's health and I look in this room and see all these people, the question I have is, are you plugged in and serving in a way that is utilizing your gifts for the glory of God so I think an appropriate question for us to wrestle with one of these is, which 